0: They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick, Tech Guide, episode 157. Hello and welcome to the podcast to keep you updated and educated about the latest consumer technology. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks for downloading as well. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of TechGuide.com. On this week's show, Swan's new solution to turn your place into a smart home. Kogan unveils a new dual-SIM affordable smartphone, and how Telstra can turn your car into a Wi-Fi hotspot. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Jawbone Up 3 Activity Band, the LG G4 flagship Android smartphone, and the Philips soundbar that's also a surround sound system. And we'll finish it off with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all done with the help of Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Lots to talk about, so let's jump straight in. Well, it seems the smart home is a solution that a lot of people are chasing. And there are plenty of companies out there offering products to help you do just that. The latest company to join this trend is Swan. Now, this is a company that's probably best known for its monitoring products it's security cameras uh, it's been in the market for quite a while I think it had uh, video door video doorbells as well so you can actually see who's uh, who's ringing your doorbell uh, so what they've done is they've evolved that product line now into a smart home solution that they're calling Swan one now this is a system that allows you to build uh, build onto so you can start off either with individual products and then add to them or you can buy a hub uh, and or, or a kit that also uh, comes with some some products included uh, and then you can add to them as you go along. Now, some of those products, of course, offer things like security, uh, they offer convenience as well, they can control things like your, uh, your thermostats and having smart plugs, you can also then turn products on and off and see remotely whether you've left products on, you've, you're have worried you left the iron on, you can check to see the, that you've done that. And if you have done that, you can even turn it off from wherever you are. So using it all, it all ties back to, to the, the Swan One app that allows you to monitor all those systems. Now, what does the Swan One system, what is it made up of? Well, first and foremost, at the very heart, is the smart hub. This is the central unit that all of the devices report into. And the devices I'm talking about, of course, are security cameras. They, uh, they, no explanation for what they do, it allows you to position them around the house and, it, and you can also monitor their feeds within the house or remotely when you're outside of your house, when you're away from your home. Uh, the other things that are available too are movement sensors. So we can detect, obviously, when so if someone's entered your home or if there is some kind of movement. There's also door and window sensors. So it can detect whether a door or a window has been opened. Uh, There's uh, also, to control all of these as well, is a key fob. So that allows you then to put your your home into, say, a home mode, a safe mode or night mode, so that all these products can then report back in, lights can turn on and off, appliances can turn on and off. They, they, that's The smart switches allow you to do that. So you plug the switch into the wall, your appliance into that switch, and that then allows you to control that, turn it on, turn it off, to, to set schedules for those things to be turned on. You can do things like create a, a, a lighting scenario where people are going to think that you're home, even though you may be away on holiday, things like that. Uh, so all of these are, are, are moving in towards each other. They're working together. There's also a thermostat, so, so you can plug that into your air conditioner or your heater, whatever, whatever uh, th- system you have in your home. The thermostat can help you remotely control that, or you can program that to react to your surroundings. So, if it's a hot day, you, can, you know that you can program the thermostat to turn on when it reaches a certain temperature. Things like that. The Swan One hubs they start at four hundred and ninety nine ninety five, and you get things like a you get a movement sensor, two window door sensors, a key fob and so that that's 499.95 if you want to move up to this to the other video monitoring kit so that's 699.95 you throw into that a security camera as well as a hub the movement sensors the two window door sensors and the key fob and then for 799.95 you can get the smart home control kit that gives you like one of everything the smart hub the motion sensor security camera two door window sensors a smart plug uh, and two key fobs so you can control that as well Now, they are available now, and you can buy them from Officeworks, JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman and Dick Smith, and of course, if you don't want to buy those, those kits you can buy these products individually, you can add on to the kits, or you can just create your own kit if you like. But Swan One, the goal is for you to create an intelligent home for 24-hour peace of mind to turn everything into a product you can control. It's very easy to install because it uses your existing wireless network, so no need to drill holes throughout your home, and you can uh, add on things like secure cloud storage, and also uh, engage professional home monitoring as well for added peace of mind. So your home is not only truly smart, it is also truly secure. If you want to read more about that, you can find it at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennig. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. Okay, well, Kogan.com is at it. Again, Kogan is a company, an online retailer, that is offering products at very affordable prices and really putting the heat on some of the uh, fancier rivals, more expensive rivals. Uh, And in some cases, Kogan's products don't often offer the same quality that you'd p- expect to pay on a product for that's four or five times as much, but it does offer great value. Not everyone wants to spend a $1,000 on a phone. And the the latest illustration of that is the new Kogan, uh, the new Agora Lite dual SIM Android smartphone. Uh, so this, this is a phone designed for users who may be new to the smartphone. They, they don't want to, to buy anything too expensive. And it's also got a dual SIM card slot, so it's ideal for those sort of people who are running two SIM cards. They might be a tradesman, they might have a a work number and a home number. It's ideal also for a traveller, so if you're overseas, you want to have your Australian card in one SIM slot and maybe the the, SIM card for the country where you are at the moment in the other slot, so you can use that for data and, and outgoing calls. It is a handy way to have those two sims in one device, rather than having to carry two phones around with you. Now, the Agora Lite has a five-inch screen. It's got uh, IPS, that's so in-plane switching, so it's good, good viewing angle. It's an eight fifty-four by four eighty screen, so n- not obviously the, the same sort of quality that you'll get on the the Galaxy S Six or the Six or the iPhone. Uh, but this is only a fraction of the price at $129. There's also a 1.3 gigahertz quad-core processor, five megapixel rear camera with flash, and it's got a two megapixel front-facing camera. Uh, and it's 14.3 centimetres long, 7.4 centimetres wide, and 1 centimetre thick. So that's 10 millimetres thick. Now, as I said, priced at $129. And it's still running Android's latest 5.0 lollipop operating system that is upgradable. 1 gig of RAM and 8 gig of internal storage under the hood. And there is a micro SD card slot that can fit up to 32 gig of extra memory. Now, this is the sort of device that, as I said, is meant for like maybe an entry-level person, maybe a child's first smartphone. I should point out it doesn't connect to 4G networks. That's why it keeps the price down. It does connect, though, with all the 3G and 2G networks around the world. So you can still travel with this device uh, and access their networks, access data on those networks. It's not as fast as 4G, but 3G in many places, including Australia, is actually quite reasonable uh, in terms of speed. Uh, you can also connect with uh, Bluetooth 4.0, and it's also, of course, got Wi-Fi added to 11BG and N. Doesn't have added to 11AC, as the flagship phones do, but yet another factor that kept the price so low. Got a 2200 milliamp hour rechargeable lithium-ion battery. As well, So an all-round package, I don't think you can go wrong, for $129, you've got a 5-inch Android smartphone, dual SIM card slot for those people who need to have two SIMs and are sick of carrying around two devices, they can contain them all in one. The only downside is you're not going to get 4G connectivity, it's going to be a 3G connection, uh, but there are 3G networks here in Australia and around the world that are still quite ample for obviously making calls and texts, that's a no-brainer, and even still fast enough for data as well. You want to check that out, and also click through to the link if you want to pre-order this device. You can see all the features, though, at techguide.com.au. Now, Telstra, we know that they sell a lot of uh, 4G dongles and other ways to stay connected. Well, how about one for your car? They've got the new in-car prepaid 4GX car Wi-Fi, which allows passengers to stay connected on the road. Now, this is, you think about this, people are saying, well, I've got my phone. Well, if you've got kids in the car, they want to connect to the internet, they want to check out stuff, surf the web, use apps that connect to the internet as well. Not all your kids in the back seat are going to have a phone or a tablet that's got a 4G SIM card in it. Well, with the Telstra prepaid 4GX, forget playing iSpy, you can allow them to connect to this device. It connects up to five products to Telstra's 4G network, and it's even a faster connection in 4GX areas. So what happens with this device? It connects. It's got a USB plug on one end. It's got a full-size SIM card inside, which is the 4G SIM to connect it to the cellular network. But it also comes with a 12-volt power outlet, so you can connect it to your power source and then stick the uh, the, the USB port of the modem into that power plug as well. It also connects to your car's your your in-car USB slot as well. Many cars come now with USB. Uh, so that this can also connect through that and be powered through that the car as well. So it's mainly to provide power to the device. It does connect then the to the cellular network and it creates a Wi-Fi hotspot in your car, so you can connect up to five devices to the internet. And you think about it when you're driving, and sometimes people may be needing this sort of product in remote areas, the Telstra network does have quite a, quite a range, quite a reach, uh, does does cover most of the country, and this will allow you to stay connected. And it's not just in the car that it can be used, it does also come with a regular AC adapter. So once you do reach your destination, you can still use this product to stay connected. So it is a great way for you to be connected to the internet, to stay connected whether you're on the road, in your hotel room, it turns the car into a travelling Wi-Fi hotspot. Priced at 79 bucks, that comes with three gig of data that expires in 30 days. It is a prepaid device, after all, and there are plenty of other options for you to buy prepaid mobile data. There's plenty of passes that last for a month, that can last up to six months to a year. So check them out. There's links on the story at Tech Guide. And if you want to read more about that, that's exactly where you need to go. Tech Guide, this is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. You can get your home Wi-Fi up to speed with the new Netgear D6400 AC1600 VDSL ADSL modem router. With the influx of great content and streaming services such as Netflix, now is the time to think about upgrading your home network so you can enjoy smooth HD video streaming without that annoying buffering or lag time. With incredibly fast Wi Fi speeds and ultimate Wi Fi range for large homes with more than 10 devices, the Netgear D6400 will future proof your home and network. It provides universal compatibility for any type of internet connection now and in the future. Check out the new VDSL ADSL Wi Fi modem router from Netgear. Search for D6400 at netgear.com.au. Now, a tech guide review with Stephen Fennick. Kicking off the Tech Guide reviews for this week is the Jawbone Up 3 activity band. Now, everyone's heard of Jawbone. Jawbone was the was the company that I believe they really kicked off this activity band trend. They're one of the very first to offer this type of technology, this way to monitor your steps, your sleep, and your, your calories your intake, and all of this information. But not only monitor that information, but also manage it and suggest ways to improve now Jawbone has been around for a couple of years now and they've now they've just released their very latest version of that activity band the Jawbone Up 3. But it's a different picture nowadays with the Jawbone and the competition. Back back when the original Jawbone Up came out, there weren't any other activity trackers. They were on their own and neither were there any smartwatches. So it was pretty much they had pioneered this space. Fast forward to 2015 in the release of the Jawbone Up 3, and it's a different story. It's a totally different landscape. There are a lot of other fitness bands now. Plenty of competition. Fitbit, Garmin, you name it, Huawei. Everyone's got an activity band. And throw in the mix, smartwatches. So you've got LG, you've got Samsung, Apple Watch. There's plenty of other competition from smartwatches that also offer that kind of coverage. So they can track your activities almost as well as these dedicated activity bands. Well, Jawbone's approach to this is that a smartwatch you can't wear it 24-7. You can't wear it to bed. You also need to charge a smartwatch once a day, maybe every second day. So... That, that's their, what they're perceiving as their advantage in the market. Now, this is a product that disappears into the background. Once you put on the up three, you charge it once a week and it can then track your sleep, it can track your steps, it can work out when you've done activities, you can add your calories, and it also adds for the first time a bio impedance sensor that can also measure your heart rate. Now, more about that in a moment. But the device itself has a totally different design. No longer is it just a loose fit on your wrist. There is actually a clasp that holds this into place securely. Do you remember the old jawbones had you just sort of simply twist it on your wrist? And if you turned over or or maybe brushed it hard or caught on something, it would easily come off. And I've heard of cases where people have actually lost their jawbones. Not anymore with the Up3. There is a clasp so you can attach it securely to your wrist. It offers the same sleek look as the Jawbone, as the previous Jawbone. So, with a pattern on top, it is a lot smaller than the previous look. And the advantage too is that all the all the circuitry and the battery are all now contained at the top of the band. Now, previously, the circuitry and the battery was spread all around all around the actual band itself. And what that led to, and I've experienced this firsthand, it led to a lot of problems with the circuitry. Once people bent it around, knocked it, hit it, uh, it, it did cause problems. I went through three jawbone up-24s uh, in the, since, since they released. They had the up-2, the up-24. I went through three of them because they kept failing. I think that was one of the main reasons. This, with the UP3, all that circuitry is now on top of the device. So I think it's going to be a lot safer and a lot more reliable. Uh, So, and I've mentioned the class. There's no screen. Now, this is one thing that I reckon that Jawbone needs to include in the next product. There's no screen on the jawbone up 3. There is some indicator lights that let you tap and double tap and change the mode, all those sorts of things, but to actually dive into your data to give you to check quickly what you're where you're up to for your day or your step goal, you then need to dig out your smartphone and you do need to then access the up app. Now, in its defense, the up app is probably one of the better activity tracker apps out there it's probably one of my one of the best on that, that is available and so that's backed up quite well but it couldn't hurt the jawbone to have a tiny display so that a user could just at a glance see how many steps they've done even see the time the calories they've burned just at a glance rather than having to dive into the phone all the time just to see any little piece of information Now, Jawbone's approach to this, I believe, is that having a screen may compromise the battery life. Now, battery lasts for seven days, six days, roughly anyway. I think there'd be plenty of users who'd be happy to sacrifice a day of battery life for the sake of including a screen. So uh, rather than having it run for six, seven days, it might run for four days, but at least it's got a screen. And it it doesn't need to be a big screen. It can only be the Garmin Vivo Active actually has a really uh, an OLED screen that only shines through the plastic when it's on. I think the Jawbone is in an opportunity to do the same thing. A similar product, the Fitbit Charge HR, actually has a display, does virtually all of the same things, including the heart rate part of the, the, the uh, proposition, and it's $50 cheaper. So well worth checking that out as well. But the Jawbone Up 3, what it's very good at is tracking. It tracks your steps really accurately. It tra- tracks your sleep even better now thanks to the impedance sensors. It can even track REM sleep. It even measures your resting heart rate before you wake up. That's the best time to measure resting heart rate is either the minute you wake up or in the case of the Jawbone Up 3, a couple of minutes before you wake up. So resting heart rate is obviously is, is commonly known to be a good indicator of heart health. The funny thing about it though, the Jawbone Up 3's heart rate monitor can't be used Uh, In active mode, so you can't use it to measure your heart rate while you're running. It'll detect your steps and measure those, but it won't link your heart rate to it, which I thought was pretty strange seeing that there's a heart rate monitor there at at your disposal. It doesn't use it in that capacity. It only uses it to measure your resting heart rate. So sleep monitoring uh, is it dives right down to getting not only light sleep and deep sleep, but also REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep, uh, and really cool way to track that. Food logging, you can still obviously enter your calories you got to do that manually, so that's more a function of the app rather than the Jawbone itself. Uh, we I found that a little tedious. We dropped off that doing that after a couple of days, but there is also a food score, so you can give uh, food that you're entering a rating on how you you can see a rating on how healthy your food choices are, and there is also a barcode scanner as well. So within the app, if you say you're going to eat some kind of a muesli bar or something, you just scan the scan the barcode and it will put in the appropriate calorie count. In the app as well. On the charging side, now there's no ports, there are no plugs. What, how to charge the Jawbone Up 3? You get a little USB cable that's got a little magnetic contact. Now on the on the on the underside of the Jawbone Up 3 is a, a little magnetic uh, contact that's supposed to marry neatly into that cable. It did take a little bit of fiddling to get it right. We had it upside down or the wrong way around and the magnets didn't quite match up. It had to be adjusted until I saw the lights. It was a little fiddly, more fiddly uh, for my taste than I would prefer. The Jawbone Up 3 is priced at $249. Now, it's it's $100 uh, more expensive than the Jawbone Up 2, which has also been released. It's also been re- redesigned to reflect the look of the Up 3. The only thing missing that I can see from the UP2 is the heart rate, the bio impedance sensor. Now, if that's not important to you, in my opinion, it's probably better value to go for the UP2. But if you want all the bells and whistles, the Jawbone UP3 is there as well. It's priced at $249. And if you want to read our complete review, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. Moving on to LG's brand new G4 smartphone. Now, I have to say, I was a big fan of the G3. I think that was one of the best Android devices of 2014. Come to 2015, and here we go. We've got the G4, which I have to say is even better. Now, in terms of design, the G4 offers something other phones don't, and that is leather. It does have a leather back cover. It's a removable back cover, so if you don't want the feel of leather, you can have the regular textured plastic feel. But what it does is exude a little bit of quality, and it, it gives it a classic look, leather. And this is a proper uh, vegetable tan, high-grain quality leather that's been handcrafted to give your phone a texture like never before. And like real leather, like a jacket, like a bag, it does change with age and how you handle it. So it does sort of tend to get that little bit of worn-in feel, but it does give the phone a little bit of character. Now on the the pure spec side, the G4 has a 5.5 inch screen. Uh, It's a dazzling quantum display. That's quad HD screen. It looks terrific. It's got a, a resolution of 2560 by 1440 and 538 DPI. That's dots per inch. I think the iPhones 326 from memory. So that's quite a sharp screen. Doesn't have quite the garish brightness as a Samsung OLED screen, AMOLED screen but it does look quality. The G4 screen really looks the goods. Uh, Under the hood is a quad-core processor, not an octa-core processor, but still it is pretty snappy. It's running Android 5.1, lollipop. And in terms of design, now I mentioned it does have a leather back. It has a slight curve to it as well. It has got the most subtle curve. It's not completely flat. There is a tiny little arc in the screen and in the back cover as well. Now, adding this, this design, this, the leather feel, it does add a slight, slight bulk to the device. It's not as slick and thin as, say, the S6 or the iPhone 6 or iPhone 6 Plus. So it does feel a little bulkier in your hand, but that curved back does still make it feel good in your hand at the very least. Now, what's probably the standout feature of this device? is the onboard 16-megapixel camera. And I have to say, this is probably one of the best smartphone cameras I've ever used. Now, you think about how often we take photos, and our go-to camera is our smartphone. Well, imagine having a a smartphone camera that offers 16-megapixel resolution. It's got an f1.8 lens and laser autofocus but that doesn't stop there. There's also a color spectrum sensor that, that really interprets the light coming in the lens brilliantly. There's also a three-axis image stabilizer so to take the shakes out of your image and give you sharp pictures every time. But the here's the best part of the camera is the manual mode. That's right. On a smartphone, manual mode of the camera. So now... All of a sudden, you can control things like shutter speed, ISO, aperture, white balance. You can even shoot RAW format unheard of before the G4 has been released. RAW format is, the you know, you normally shoot with JPEG. RAW format is a much larger format that allows photographers then to really edit, really get in and, and sharpen up the image. It's, it's kind of like having uh, the JPEGs a smaller file, kind of not much you can do to it apart from your normal Photoshop. RAW is like a big block of stone that you can chisel down and make however you like. That's what the RAW format, what a f- smartphone, the G4 also offers there's a couple of pictures on my uh, on my review And I've got to say that they probably don't do the camera justice. There is one picture there of my Dalmatian Ziggy, and I took the photo of him on a walk using the G4, and the image I downloaded to my iMac, which has a 27-inch screen, uh, was 7 meg in size, and filled the entire screen, and was one of the sharpest-looking smartphone images I've ever captured. So much detail in that image, right down to the thirties, whiskers, you can see so much detail right there colors were really natural bright and sharp and uh, as I said one of the best images uh, one of the best uh Cameras I've seen on a smartphone, so well worth checking out. It is a real standout, it does stand it apart from the opposition. Uh, more specs 3GB of RAM, 32GB built in memory, and it does have a removable back. And also, so not only can you remove the battery, but you can also access a micro SD card slot. A crucial addition, I think, in light of the fact that the Samsung S6, the Galaxy S6, S6 chose to go without a micro SD card slot more down the iPhone path where there are designated uh, memory levels memory capacities the g4 has gives you the opportunity to put in a big smart big micro SD card to increase the capacity so well done to LG I really rate this phone I, I think it's uh, one of the better Android phones released on the market 929 if you want to buy it with the leather and the textured back cover if you just want the plastic textured cover it's 869 and available in, in a Couple of colors, gold and gray, so uh, worth checking out. You want to read my complete review? You'll find it at techguide.com.au. Now, not all smartphones, I should say, not all soundbars, we're talking soundbars now, not all soundbars are created equal. Now, the Philips Fidelio B5 soundbar may look like any other soundbar at first glance but it does offer more than just 2.1 surround a sound system. Now, 2.1 obviously refers to your left, right, and the one is the subwoofer. In the case of the Fidelio B5, yes, you can use it in that mode, but if you want to take it even further, you can turn it into a 4.1 surround sound system by detaching the two ends of the soundbar. Yes, they are detachable speakers. Once you've done that they connect wirelessly via bluetooth to the front of the uh, of the of the room so that's to the main soundbar and then you've suddenly got a surround sound system so the Fidelio B5 has gone from being just a regular uh, regular soundbar to a surround sound system Now, each of those detachable speakers are truly wireless, completely wireless. That means you can place them anywhere in the room. There is a rechargeable battery in each one that lasts for five hours in music mode and up to 10 hours in movie mode. So uh, you, you've got plenty of time to enjoy your entertainment. And then once you return them to the soundbar and attach them again, that is when those the batteries on board will recharge. Once they're connected to the main unit, that is how it, char- it recharges. It has got a stylish aluminium finish, and it's got breathable protective cloth as well. So it does have a special coating, so it, it's dust resistant and can resist accidental spills. So if you drop something on it, it's going to uh, it's going to resist spills soaking in, it's going to bead up so easily to clean up rather than you, rather than it's soaking in and potentially staining and spoiling the system. Uh, there's HDMI in and HDMI out audio return channel on the back with a HDMI CEC output. It does have NFC, so you can simply tap a compatible mobile device if you want to use this to stream your music because it's a music device as well. Now, the Fidelio B5 soundbar, available now from Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi and other leading Hi-Fi stores. Priced at $1,099.95. When you consider what it does, its versatility, I think those, those extra that extra money is is worth it. Philips Fidelio is a brand that's become synonymous with, with a high quality audio and the soundbar, the B5 soundbar certainly lives up to that as well. Our full story is at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide, this is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Our other sponsors for the Tech Guide podcast is Norton, the company that keeps you and your kids safe online. Do you know though what your kids are up to on the internet? A recent survey by internet security company Norton shows that almost three quarters of Australian parents are in the dark when it comes to knowing what their children get up to online. Are you one of them? Helping your kids grow up in the digital age of social media, online stranger danger, sexting, and cyberbullying adds a new dimension to parenting. And Norton wants to help give you the tools you need to open up the conversation with your kids about online safety. Norton Family is a free online service that lets you keep tabs on where your kids go, what they do, and what they see online to help them develop good online habits. To learn more and to start using Norton Family for free, visit norton.com forward slash au forward slash protecting kids. Take nine. Answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Okay, a couple of quick hits on the Tech Guide Help Desk. The first one is about spam. I had a a reader email me asking, why am I getting so much spam? How do I get rid of it? What do I do? Well, spam is very difficult to stop coming in. You can't control what emails you receive but you can filter them. Now, the reason we receive spam emails is because our email addresses sometimes fall into the wrong hands. We sign up for a competition. We fill out an entry form. We uh, join a new website. Email addresses are bought and sold like currency. So the fact that our email addresses are out there means they are going to end up on some of these lists. And sometimes you are, well, not sometimes you are definitely going to receive these unwanted emails known as spam. Now, the best way to handle it is through, well, A, don't sign up to too many online competitions and online sites where it requires an a, a email address. Uh, the only way to avoid spam is to not have an email address, which not, that's really not possible for most of us. So... Best thing to do is to look at the settings of your, your email client, you know, whether it's Outlook or whether you're using other email clients, the Mac Mail. So there are ways for you to filter out that junk. If some do get through, these email clients are pretty intuitive. They normally can catch the, the, uh, the junk mail. But if any do get through to your inbox, you can actually mark them as junk so that your system can then learn, okay, if I receive more emails like that, it'll put them in the junk folder as well. So there is a way to filter them. Uh, You're not going to be annoyed by them. I think that's the best bet. Uh, Unless you turn off your email, it's very hard to say that you're not going to receive spam it's it's kind of it's kind of inevitable thing of the internet where you are occasionally going to release receive uh, an email that you don't want whether it's a spam about Viagra or some get rich quick scheme or some other kind of product it is going to happen best thing you can do is to filter it out keep it out of the way now the other path of the help desk I'm going to talk about is ransomware I did have an email from a reader who said that their a friend of theirs had their computer completely locked up and all their documents were, were frozen. No, they couldn't get into it. And the demand was someone had obviously put something who'd, who'd intruded, who infected their computer, taken it over and demanded a ransom to unlock those files. Now, under normal circumstances, and you'll, you, you should be doing this anyway, you should have a backup of your computer. Now, the reason that this person had no other alternative to, but to pay this person to get control of his computer again is because he didn't have that backup. If you do have that backup and you receive a similar type of ransomware demand, you can tell them where they can fit that demand wipe your computer, and then restore it using the backup. You've got backup to your documents. That's not going to happen. So yet another reason to back up your computer. Ransomware, uh, again, yet another reason why we need to have internet security software to protect us from this kind of threat. You don't have that. You're playing Russian roulette and you don't want to risk the documents and data that you hold dear. There's a lot of sentimental value in a lot of that data, especially photos and videos and things like that. So best thing to do, back up your computer. If you do receive a threat like that, you can get around it by wiping your computer and restoring it from the backup. So don't be held to ransom. These are tips that you need to do if you're connected to the Internet. We all need Internet security software, including Mac users, That is one insurance for your documents and your safety online. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that is our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, email us, please, at info at And a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. If you want to stay connected, the answer is Netgear. If you want to stay safe, the answer is Norton. Thanks for listening. It's been great having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.